Welcome in the name of Christ. God's grace, mercy and peace be with you. Welcome once again to St Nicholas Church, Rattleston in rural Suffolk. My name is Reverend Canon Tiffa Robinson and I am the rector here and also of Hitcham, Thorpemaru and Brettenham. But only for the next few weeks before moving to be the vicar of St Mary's with St Peter's, Bury St Edmunds. Along with much of the country, we've been facing a drought and our farmers are concerned about the planting of next year's crops. So we pray for gentle, sustained rain over the coming weeks, even as we pray for God to send his spirit upon all of us now. Jesus Christ is King of it. He lives his life in us for the sake of the world. Jesus is alive today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. grace of God has dawned upon the world with healing for all. Let us come to him in sorrow for our sins, seeking healing and salvation. You delight in creation, its colour and diversity, yet we have misused the earth and plundered its resources for our own selfish ends. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You have brought order out of chaos, light in darkness, good out of evil. 
But we have preferred darkness in words and deeds which dishonour God's holy name. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. You have showered us with blessings, but we have been grudging towards others and lacking in generosity in word and deed. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on you, forgive you your sins and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The reading is taken from Hebrews chapter 12. You have not come to something that can be touched, a blazing fire, and darkness, and gloom, and a tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that not another word be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given, if even an animal touches the mountain, it shall be stoned to death. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse the one who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused the one who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns from heaven? At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of what is shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us give thanks, by which we offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For indeed, our God is a consuming fire. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sin, and heals all your infirmities, who redeems your life from the pit, and crowns you with mercy and compassion, who satisfies your being with good things, so that your youth is renewed like an eagle's. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his works to the children of Israel. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy, slow to anger and of great goodness. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites. Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I wonder if you remember any particular lessons from school. I can remember a few, usually because of some amusing or indeed embarrassing incident. But perhaps I'm alone in having a geography teacher who is obsessed by a particular documentary and showed it to all his students at least once a year. It was about a French volcano expert who, unsatisfied with viewing volcanoes from afar, would wear homemade heat-proof clothing and go right into where the lava was flowing. At one point, the scientist made a heat-proof raft to surf down the lava flow. As I record this sermon during a heat wave, I cannot imagine anything less desirable right now. Our reading from Hebrews also makes God sound a bit like this lava flow. You have not come to something that can be touched, but a blazing fire. Indeed, the reading finishes with the, with the writer describing God as a consuming fire. These are not terms which we usually use to refer to God, either in our liturgy, our hymnody, or our conversation when talking about God. We prefer to talk of a God of love 
of forgiveness and of grace. These are all true, of course, but our reading today reminds us that as well as all these things, God is also an awesome and fearful God. This is the God who made Moses tremble. And we are told any animal who touched Mount Sinai when God's presence rested upon it should be stoned. In fact, the writer to the Hebrews is sugarcoating it somewhat. It was both humans and animals that approached that were to be killed. Often I will hear people say that they like Jesus and the God of the New Testament, but the God of the Old Testament was strange and terrifying, as if God had a personality change upon the incarnation. In reality, the Old Testament is full of the grace and forgiveness of God. And our reading today comes from the New Testament. Indeed, anyone who has read the Gospels in their entirety will realise that Jesus himself speaks far more about judgment than we would perhaps like. The story being referred to in Hebrews is the giving of the Ten Commandments, specifically how the people were to prepare for God's presence coming near to them. The writer links this with our current situation of drawing near to the heavenly Jerusalem, where the Father sits upon his throne with Jesus alongside as our mediator. See that you do not refuse the one who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused the one who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns from heaven? If those who disobeyed Moses' warnings about coming near to the presence of God faced death, then we are told how much more do we need to heed the warnings about the coming judgment. In this coming judgment, all things will be shaken, the heavens and the earth, and all that shall remain is that which cannot be shaken, that is, the kingdom of God. Perhaps you think St Paul puts it a bit nicer when he explains in the famous part of Corinthians, only these three things remain, faith, hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. One day, everything in this world will pass away and only the kingdom of faith, hope and love will remain. This is what we affirm in the creed week by week. And he, Jesus, will come to judge the living and the dead. The writer finishes this, the teaching section of this letter, with the words, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us give thanks. This feels like a gear change from what has come before. There is an assurance here, a presumption that we are to receive this kingdom. Indeed, we should be thankful for this. Perhaps you're thinking, but what about all this about judgment and the stoning of donkeys and the coming destruction? For those who call on Jesus Christ, who trust in him to be our mediator, there is no need to fear judgment. We are to worship God with reverence and awe, yes. But if we are citizens of this kingdom, 
then our place in the new creation before the throne of God above is secure. This is not reliant on anything we have done or anything we could do, but on what Jesus has done for us and the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Yes, God is a consuming fire and he has made a way for us to survive the judgment, the better word of Christ's passion, which conquers all of our deceit and rebellion. The wonder of the gospel is that this same God who made heaven and earth, who is awesome and fearful and all-powerful, chose to take on human flesh, to call us his friends, to serve us and ultimately die for us, to become nothing for us. This is the greatest act of sacrifice, of love, that this universe has ever known. Let us declare our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen.
Let us pray. As we give thanks for our message today from Hebrews, and remember that you, God, are a consuming fire, we pray that we would come to you in reverence and awe, but also knowing that you have chosen to call us your friends. Help us never to seek to limit you or make you small in our lives, but to worship you in everything we do. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. We pray for all those affected by wildfires in this dry weather across Europe and beyond. Praying particularly for farms and forests in remote areas where emergency services struggle to help. We pray that governments would adapt to the changing climate, even as they seek to take bold steps to reduce our carbon emissions. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. We pray for gentle and regular rain to replenish our depleted reservoirs and to ready the ground for next year's crops. We pray for our farmers and all who work to ensure that we have enough food. And we remember particularly those who farm in eastern Ukraine, who have seen many of their fields and crops destroyed. We give thanks for the safe export of grain from that crucial country, even as we pray for an end to the fighting. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. We pray for our world, for those areas where there is warfare, famine and natural disasters. Help us, the church, to build the kingdom of God in these places as we await the day when all the heavens and the earth will be shaken and all evil and poverty will be destroyed leaving only faith, hope, and love. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. We pray for your church throughout the world, for unity in mission and evangelism across all denominations, that we may be one, even as God is one. We pray for the Anglican Communion following the Lambeth Conference, for the bonds of truth and unity that have been formed there, that they may yield good fruit for many years to come. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Closer to home, we pray for those who are struggling with the cost of living crisis, particularly with the news about the potential rise in energy prices this winter. We pray that government energy suppliers and consumer groups can work together to avoid a crisis that would leave many in debt, poverty and suffering. We pray for whoever will be the next Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, for wisdom for them and compassion. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. our collect for today. Lord of heaven and earth, as Jesus taught his disciples to be persistent in prayer, give us patience and courage never to lose hope, but always to bring our prayers before you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and watch over you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look kindly on you and give you peace. And the blessing of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, be with you now and forever. Amen.